This is Financially Speaking with Sue and Cole, with your host Sue Bushka from Bushka Retirement Solutions and Cole Bruner from Bushka Wealth Management. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Sue and Cole provide their clients and prospects with the information they need regarding social security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here with the financial information you need are Sue and Cole. Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Financially Speaking with Sue and Cole. My name is Cole Bruner from Bushka Wealth Management, and as usual, I'm joined by my mom, Sue Bushka, from Bushka Retirement Solutions, as well as our co-host, Tony Shore. Now, listeners out there, if at any point during today's show you want to get some more information, or if you've got any additional questions for us, feel free to give a call at 715 355-4445. Also, make sure you check out our website, retirewithbushka.com. That's retirewithbushka.com. And of course, we've got tons and tons of resources out there for you to check out, uh, including information about the reports that we run for clients when they come in for an initial consultation, as well as uh, what the consultation process looks like. We also have... uh, Of course, our previous uh, TV and radio shows, a couple of those that you can check out as well if you've missed any episodes recently. And then, of course, you also have the opportunity to uh, subscribe to our program on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or Amazon Music. So there's lots of options out there. Now, few of us will forget the high inflation that our wallets have been slapped with over the course of 2022 and and now into this year as well. Uh, High inflation really caused some significant budgetary challenges for a lot of Americans out there. But 2023 has produced some good news when it comes to inflation. A June 2023 Forbes article entitled The Price is Right, U.S. Inflation Hits Two-Year Low in May, a combination of higher interest rates, easing supply chains, uh, and of course, Uh, more restrictive credit has helped ease some of the inflation this year. Now, as of this past May, the annualized rate of CPI inflation declined for the 11th consecutive month. Now, the article makes the case that the Federal Reserve is steadily nearing its goal of lowering inflation to its long-term target of 2%. Now, many of you will likely recall that in May of this year, the Fed raised interest rates by one quarter of a percentage point, the 10th straight month that it raised rates. While the evidence uh, I've just cited suggests inflation is on a downward trajectory, uh, things are still more expensive than they were prior to the COVID-19 pandemic. However, I think many consumers are still a little unsure about what causes inflation and how it may actually affect their financial strategy. So during today's show, we're going to offer up a little Inflation 101 so that you can make better sense of all those news stories that are talking about it. But before we dive into that particular topic, let's make sure to say hello to everyone here with us today. Sue and Tony. Tony, how are we doing this morning? I'm doing great. Uh, Wow. Uh, quite the intro. And uh, inflation is still a hot topic because of the way it's affected our economy and people in retirement. It's affected a lot of areas and the Fed keeps raising the interest rates because of it. So I'm glad we're talking about this today. I've been good. Sue, how have you been doing? I've been really good. Just keeping busy. I had my first uh, 
camping experience with my two little grandsons last weekend to the Dells, and Fun. It, it went fantastic. I was a little worried about it, but they <laughs> now, were... How many they water were, slides did you personally go down? Oh, well, none, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> none, but I, I, I watched. Yeah, so, my water slide, uh, slide days are, are behind me oh, as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, but it, we had a great time. Yeah, so, I remember yeah, taking the kids to the quick. Dells a couple of times. That was always fun, and uh, the kids loved the camping. Um, yeah, you oh, couldn't yeah. get me out on a campground again, though, if you tried. <laughs> oh, you're not oh, the camping kind. Oh, they're fun. Huh? It's fun. No, it's I very like fun. hiking. I like being outdoors. I like, you know, bicycle riding, but uh, camping outdoors overnight is a no-go. Uh, even in a motorhome, oh. I'm like, yeah, give me that five-star hotel. I'm kind of spoiled that oh. I need a good night's sleep. That's my problem. Oh, no. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Especially well, those f- campfires. and Yes, the campfires are my oh, favorite. Yeah, yes, I do too. love campfires. That's one thing I love about camping. That's true. Yeah, true. I mean, where, where else are you going to sit around and roast a marshmallow? I right? know, right? My backyard. <laughs> I got a fire okay. pit. Valid uh, point. Yeah, Valid point. <laughs> you're right, though. It's fun. And when uh, the kids were younger, we went camping uh, quite a bit. But um, yeah, and uh, nothing makes me feel like a kid again, though, quite like the ice cream truck. Have you guys noticed that this summer they've been all over our neighborhood? And uh, I let the kids go first, but then I run out there, get my <laughs> get my ball, get my ball Here cup. Here comes Tony. Get my yeah. ball cup. But yeah, the camping yeah. makes me think of that for some reason, like things I did as a kid or that I did with my oh, kids. So yeah, um, yeah, this topic's a good one. Hey, Cole, how have you been? You've been busy too, haven't you? I've been great. I just got back when, uh, from Scotland, in fact. Wow. And uh, yeah, that was an amazing trip. I, I have to say, if you've never had Scotland on your list of places to visit, I have to say you must add it. It was fantastic. Yeah, it looked like I saw the pictures. You guys had a lot of fun over there, and you mixed business with uh, pleasure over there. It wasn't just a vacation, but you were there with some other top advisors from around the country and uh, some financial gurus uh, talking about the shop a little bit, too. So I think that's great that you were able to combine that. But uh, you did you go to St. Andrews, the oldest golf course in the world? I did. And in fact, on Sundays, it's closed and you get to go wander around the golf course, which kind of blew my mind. They would just let random people. There was people with dogs everywhere. Oh, really? <laughs> on, on, yeah, it was crazy. On it's the like world's a free oldest, for all on Sundays. Wow. <laughs> on the world's oldest golf course. Dude, that's where it all started, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, the, I think they also have the oldest university in Scotland as well. Wow. That's wow. where uh, Will and Kate met, in fact. Ah, that's funny. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah I did. Oh, that's yeah, I got right. lots it, of history. <laughs> it is where I, was there. I bet you did. Well, Scotland and Scotland, Ireland, Wales, England, it's full of history. And yeah. I, and I love it. I've never been to Scotland or Ireland. Those are on my bucket list. So you're you're kind of you're kind of uh, making me jealous there, but I'm glad you had a great <laughs> trip. Now, uh Sue, where do you want to start today? Well, Tony, um there was an Investopedia article entitled Inflation: What it is how it can be controlled, and extreme examples. And it provides some really good insights and information that I'm really excited to share today. So let's start with the simplest question of all. What is inflation? Now, at root, inflation is a rise in prices and a drop in purchasing power over time. Now, the level at which purchase 
purchasing power falls can be shown in the average price index of a basket of selected goods and services over a defined period of time. Okay, I have to, I have to, uh, a basket of selected goods. That sounds like the name of my first album. I'm going to call my, <laughs> if I put out a record, uh, a basket of selected goods. Isn't that a good album title? I think, yeah, yeah. I think so. But Cole, uh, what is your definition for our listeners out there? What is a quote unquote basket of selected goods? Well, that's a valid question, Tony. <laughs> now, here in the United States, each month, the Bureau of Labor Statistics collects the prices of around 94,000 items from a scientifically chosen sample of goods and services, and they gather them into a representative sample. Now, from there, the numbers are adjusted to better ensure that price changes don't reflect upgrades in product quality and are also weighted to mimic consumer spending patterns that are determined by a separate survey of roughly 36,000 people annually. Oh, that's that's great. And I'm glad you uh, mentioned that because I'm like a basket of selected goods. But Sue, now back to your definition of inflation. Well, here's a quick recap of some takeaways when it comes to understanding what inflation is. Uh, first, inflation is the rate at which the cost of goods and services increase. And inflation sometimes classified in three categories, demand, pull, cost, push, and built in. Now, the most used inflation indexes are the whole the wholesale price index and the consumer price index. Now, depending on your personal view, as well as the pace of change, inflation can be viewed either positively or negatively. Now, people with tangible assets like property or stocked commodities may prefer to see some level of inflation because it may increase the value of those assets. I'm glad you mentioned that because I was about to say uh, you can view inflation positively. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. That's not what I've been hearing on the news channels uh, and uh, in the media. But that is a good definition of inflation, Sue. And I think we all need to be on the same pl- page when it comes to understanding this as it relates to our financial strategies as well. So, Cole, what are uh, some other things you think our listeners need to know about? Well, Tony, from a data standpoint, it's fairly straightforward to track price changes of a few products over time. But people rely on more than just one or two or even a small handful of products and services to meet their basic needs. They include things like grains, metal, fuel, healthcare, entertainment, utilities, and obviously a lot more. And that's why inflation seeks to determine the broad impact of price changes for a a range of products as well as services. Uh, And it provides a single value representation of the increase in the price level of those goods and services in an economy during a set period. Now, a rise in prices means that our money can purchase fewer goods and services. That loss of purchasing power negatively affects many people's cost of living, and that ultimately leads to reduced economic growth. Now, the article notes that the consensus among economists is that a long period of inflation happens when a country's money supply growth exceeds its economic growth. Interesting. That reminds me of a song. Mexican radio by Wall of Voodoo from the 80s. Uh, They talk about the U.S. inflation. And, uh, you know, uh, we talk about the Fed raising interest rates, but 
Sue, can you give us a little more detail about the ways our government seeks to tamp down rising inflation or other governments out there as well? Absolutely. A nation's monetary authority, which in many cases is the central bank, takes measures to manage the money supply and credit with the goal of keeping inflation within limits that will keep the economy humming along. Now, monetarism is a theory that highlights the relationship between inflation and the money supply in the economy. Now, the article also uses the following example, which I found pretty interesting. Now, following the Spanish conquest of the Aztec and the Inca empires, large amounts of gold and silver ended up in many European economies, including Spain. Now, because uh, the money supply surged quickly, the value of money tanked, leading to a fast rising prices. Huh. That's interesting. I never thought of that. But yeah, the the Spanish uh, went over there and got all this gold, brought it back home, and <laughs> it tanked their economy because the it, too much influx of money. Kind of like uh, our government putting $7 trillion into the economy over the course of a couple of years during COVID, right? Right, right. 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 Yeah, absolutely. That could definitely be a, a large influencing factor in inflation. <laughs> yeah, well, let's keep the show rolling. I mean, we're we're talking about a beginner's guide to inflation, and though inflation is down from where it was roughly a year ago, I think it's still high enough that a lot of Americans out there are still feeling that financial pinch, and it's a timely topic. What do you have next for us, Cole? Well, Tony, uh, the June 2023 Forbes article entitled The Price is Right, U.S. Inflation Hits Two-Year Low in May that I mentioned earlier has more insights that we're eager to share, uh, including some highlights of some of the common causes of inflation. Now, again, a rise in the money supply is the root cause of inflation, though it ultimately plays out within the economy in various ways. A nation's money supply can be increased by monetary authorities by printing and offering more money to its people, legally devaluing legal tender currency, and loaning new money as reserve credits via the banking system by purchasing government bonds from banks on the secondary market, which is the most typical method. Now, in each of these examples, money ends up losing purchasing power. The mechanisms behind why this drives inflation can be lumped into three different categories. The demand pull inflation, cost push inflation, and then the built-in inflation like my mom had mentioned earlier. Okay. Uh, got it. There's, there's, there's three kinds of inflation. Uh, Sue, how about some definitions uh, for those for our listeners out there? Sure, Tony. Now we can see demand pull inflation when there's an increase in the money supply and credit stimulates the overall demand for goods and services to increase quicker than the economy's production ability. This increases demand, which can then lead to price increases. Now, when folks have more money, it can lead to positive consumer uh, sentiment, which can then lead to increased spending, which increases rising prices. From there, a demand supply gap is created with more demand and less flexible supply, which may then lead to higher prices. Yeah, we saw all that happening during COVID. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. Uh, right. More money in the average person's hand can produce uh, a, a good sentiment or positive spending, but that 
uh, drives prices higher, and uh, sometimes demand supply can't keep up with that demand. I think I have those dots connected. And Sue, thanks for explaining that to us. Uh, we can get kind of lost in the weeds here, but uh, how about cost push inflation? What's that? Well, cost push inflation occurs when the rise in prices work through the production process. When increases to the money supply and credit funnel their way into a commodity or other asset market, the costs of numerous intermediate goods jump. Now, this is especially true if there's a negative economic occurrence to the supply of particularly essential commodities. Like toilet paper. Right. Yeah, we all remember that. Good Lord. Yeah. Now, developments like these often lead to greater costs for finished products or services or work their way into larger prices for you and I. Now, for example, when the money supply grows, it may create a speculative boom in oil prices, and that may mean the cost of energy rises and causes increased prices, which is then highlighted in numerous inflationary measures. Well, my biggest takeaway with that one is that if there's greater costs for those creating a finished product or service, those costs end up getting passed on. So really, I guess what you're talking about there is like if wood and plywood and materials go up, things that are made with those materials are also going to rise in price. That's right, Tony. And when inflation rises, the average person is probably going to end up bearing at least some of the cost at the cash register. Now, let's next look at built-in inflation, which is related to changing expectations or the notion that people expect current inflation rates to continue. As prices rise and people expect those increases to continue, they may demand higher wages to offset those rises and maintain their lifestyle. Now, those increased wages may then result in higher costs for goods and services, and this wage price spiral continues as one factor triggers the other and vice versa. Well, I believe there are different indexes that are used to measure inflation. Is that right, Cole? Yes, that is correct, Tony. Now, depending on the goods and services that are being analyzed, various types of baskets of goods are calculated and tracked as price indexes. Now, the consumer price index, or the CPI, and the wholesale price index, or WPI, are the most used price indexes. The CPI measures the weighted average of prices of a basket of goods and services that are essential consumer needs. Think things like transportation, food, and healthcare. Now, CPI is determined by considering price changes for each item in a predetermined basket and then averaging them out based on their relative weight in the entire basket. Now, the prices that are used for calculation are the retail costs of each item for everyday people. Now, CPI changes are used to determine price fluctuations associated with the cost of living. Uh, which means that it's uh, one of the most used data points for identifying periods of inflation and deflation. The Bureau of Labor Statistics reports on the CPI every month and has calculated it since 1913, if you'd believe it. Wow. Yeah, and that's that's what they use to figure out like uh, the cost of living adjustment for Social Security is the CPI, right? right? Yeah. So... So what about the WPI, though, the Wholesale Price Index? Uh, that one's a little new to me. Uh, what do you know about that, Sue? 
Well, Tony, the WPI is another frequently used measure of inflation. It measures and follows changes in the price of goods in periods before the retail stage. While WPI items change country to country, they generally include items at the wholesale or uh, producer stage. For example, it includes prices for raw cotton, cotton yarn, cotton uh, gray goods, and cotton clothing. Though many countries and organizations utilize WPI, several countries, including the U.S., use a similar measure called the Producer Price Index, uh, better known as the PPI. Yeah. Yeah, Actually, I've seen the uh, PPI mentioned in a few news stories as of late. Cole, what can you tell us about that? Well, the PPI is a group of indexes that measure the average change in selling prices received by those who domestically produce intermediate goods and services over time. Specifically, PPI measures price changes from the viewpoint of the seller, making it different than the CPI, which measures price changes from the viewpoint of the purchaser. Now, within all of these different measures, it's possible that an increase in the price of one thing, oil, for example, cancels out the price drop in something else like wheat. Now, ultimately, each of these indexes reflects the average weighted price change for the given constituents, which may then apply to the overall economy, sector, or that commodity level. Well, this has been an interesting show so far, and I'm guessing you have more insights for us, right, Sue? I do indeed, Tony. That uh, Forbes article we've been talking about talks about inflation's advantages and disadvantages. Now, your first reaction to what I just said may be, how in the world could inflation possibly have any benefits? And I get that very reasonably and human reaction, but let me explain. Those with assets like property or stocked commodities that are priced in their own country's currencies may appreciate inflation because it may raise the price of their assets, which they can then sell at a higher price if doing so to make uh, sense for their financial strategy. Now, the article also explains that inflation sometimes leads to speculation by businesses that are in relatively risky projects and by people who invest in company stocks because they anticipate the potential for better returns than inflation. Now, an ideal amount of inflation is sometimes promoted to encourage enough spending to reach a certain level instead of saving. Now, if the purchasing power of our money uh, does trend downward over time, it may create a bigger incentive to spend money right now rather than saving for future spending. Increased spending may boost overall economic activity. Now, ultimately, a balanced approach is often thought to keep inflation within a desirable range. So the potential pros are higher resale value of certain assets, an ideal level of inflation that spurs spending. Those make a lot of sense. Uh, And Sue, thanks for that insight. Now, uh, Cole, what's next? Well, now that we've discussed inflation's potential pros, let's consider some of its possible cons. First, those buying the assets we just addressed in the pros section may not like inflation because it may mean that they have to pay a bigger purchase price. Now, also, those who hold assets like cash or bonds in their home country's currency may not warmly greet inflation because it erodes the real value of those assets. 
Now, accordingly, people looking to provide some level of protection for their portfolios against inflation may want to consider, according to the article, inflation hedged assets like gold, commodities, and potentially real estate investment trusts. Wow. Well, if ever there was a reason to work closely with financial professionals like yourselves, I guess that's it right there. That's right, Tony. The article further notes that even a low, stable, and easily predictable inflation rate, which some may consider optimal, may have serious implications for the economy. Now, that's because of how, where, and when new money enters the economy. When new money or credit hits the economy, it's always in the hands of specific people or business firms. Now, price level adjustments on that new money supply occur as they spend that new money, and it winds its way hand-to-hand and account-to-count throughout the economy. Now, inflation drives up some prices quickly and some other prices later. Now, this uh, sequential change in purchasing power, known as the Cantillion effect means the inflation process may not only increase general prices over time, but that it also distorts relative wages and rates of return. Now, when it comes to inflation's cons, there are three key things you should walk away with. First one is buyers will pay more for products and services. Second of all, it poses higher prices on the economy. And lastly, it drives some prices up immediately and drives other prices up later. Wow. Yeah. And and we all know, of course, the government, uh, what they do when inflation rises, what they do to try to keep it under control is the Fed, the Federal Reserve raises interest rates, which we've been seeing happen. Now, Cole, we're almost out of time. uh, But before we go, Inflation is something that you, uh, Sue, you and Cole, you both use with the clients you have. Uh, You incorporate that into their retirement plans, right, Cole? Oh, yeah, absolutely. We always help to uh, forecast what inflation, uh, what, if, what inflation's effects might have on the client's portfolio and their long-term financial plan. And of course, we try to help model some of that out for them so they can really understand what that looks like in their own situation. So absolutely, your plan has to account for inflation when you're planning for the future. Yeah, for sure. And how can our listeners either get a plan in place or get a second opinion on where their plan is at right now. Well, Tony, they can give us a call right now and schedule a complimentary consultation with one of our highly skilled advisors by calling 715-355-4445, or they can visit retirewithbushka.com, which is, again, retirewithbushka.com. And, of course, there you can schedule in our WASA office, our Eau Claire office, or virtually if that works better for you. All right. Well, that sounds great. And we're out of time for today's show. That does it for today's episode of Financially Speaking with Sue and Cole. Thank you for listening to Financially Speaking with Sue and Cole. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Sue and Cole at Bushka Retirement Solutions and Bushka Wealth Management. Call 715-355-4445 or visit them online at retirewithbushka.com.
Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered by Bushka Wealth Management, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of Wisconsin. Insurance products and services are offered through Bushka Retirement Solutions, Inc., Bushka Wealth Management, LLC, and Bushka Retirement Solutions, Inc. are affiliated companies. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. We are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration, the Federal Medicare Program, or any other government agency. Calling this number will direct you to a licensed sales agent. Are you confident in your financial plans? At Bushka Retirement Solutions, we would like to help you craft a strategy with the right plan, process, and professional to help you through the construction of your financial pyramid, starting with a solid foundation. We will help you with the resources, tools, and understanding you need to be successful. To learn more and to receive your personal financial pyramid guide, visit retirewithbushka.com.